Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. <laughs> specifically the same exact mothers i am your host aj orsini and due to an issue today uh my brother deceived dave will not be joining me here today i am going solo uh flying straight all by myself here tonight let's break it all down in the brass text exactly the timeline of everything that's been going on now i know we missed last week as well and we were d- dangerously close. As a matter of fact, it's Sunday evening right now as I'm recording this. Uh, to not getting it in today. So, multiple reasons why. Uh, paramount of which is my brother and I were actually linked up together today to do this episode like we normally do. Uh, that was the biggest reason why I changed them to Sundays. Because Sunday seems to be the best day for the two of us to get together. Uh, ironically enough... I was in New Jersey, which is where my brother lives, but we couldn't get together, so I brought my equipment with me, uh, and I brought all of my equipment with me, and, and I got all set up, and he got all set up, and then uh, the trials and tribulations began. Uh, I could hear him, he could not hear me, and then I could hear him, wait, I just said that, I, I could hear him, he couldn't hear me, then he could hear me, and I couldn't hear him. It was a whole deal. I moved some things around. I was changing pieces around and could not figure out what it was. We normally talk to each other. When we just do the audio, we communicate through Zoom. Uh, So I switched it to the StreamYard, which is what I use for my live events when we're on video. That didn't work out either. So we tried multiple things this morning to get this done together. None of them seemed to work. Uh, when I got home, because I brought the materials with me to Jersey, I felt I needed the usual stuff I would normally use. I didn't bring everything with me. So when I came back home, uh, obviously after taking care of my family, because we've been gone all weekend, we just got back home today a few hours ago. After taking care of all, all that, I was able to sit at the table here and go over some of the stuff that's happening with the equipment or what, what it could be. I'm testing out all these different things. And it turns out, the main wire that I had that went into my audio jack here, because once I got the audio fixed and I, I, we could hear each other and we're talking to each other and we're communicating with each other, once all that got settled, 
the my laptop itself, the I use Audacity to record the audio. Audacity was picking me up, but it wasn't picking him up. So the issues still remained, despite the fact that we had found an issue for the... We found a solution to this, we found a solution to that, and eventually we hit a wall we just couldn't get around, and I couldn't figure out why my laptop wasn't picking up his audio. Uh, even though we tried different methods in which to have that audio done, and it turns out I had a short one of my wires, more importantly the one that goes into the jack, so that I can pick up third-party audio. Um, I was able to hear him, but the Audacity program was not able to record him. So, F'd in the A. Hey, sometimes these things happen. Sometimes these things happen. Sometimes you can't. It all doesn't work out the way you want it. So that's kind of why Dave's not here. We didn't have a scheduling issue this time around. It all worked itself out pretty good. We got up nice and early to do it so that I can do all the other stuff that I was going to do with my day and him too. Uh, remember, pregnant wife and all. So we, we made the time. The, the, the initiative was taken. Uh, but technology, baby, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. And uh, today ended up being a curse. So Dave's not going to be with me here today, but that's cool. Uh, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. You know how this goes. When I do these shows by myself, I'm not out here all goddamn night. Me and Dave, we'll gab. We'll go back and forth. Uh, and before we know it, we're, we're on the second hour and we don't even know how the fuck we got there. Uh, that won't be the case tonight. Uh, because two reasons. I'm tired as fuck. And I just said why. I've been gone all weekend. Um, so I'm ready to catch some Z's. I got work in the A.M., during the course of my trip in Jersey, uh, I re-aggravated my knee, <laughs> which has been going well. My knee, as I guess we can go into the update now, my knee's been good. It's been all right. Uh, I, t I had my MRI for my left knee. There's a slight tear in the meniscus. There's some tendonitis there. There's some bone rubbing. There's things like that. Uh, inflammation being caused. So they gave you some medication for the inflammation, and I have to set up a time to take... Um, not take, but to do some physical therapy on my knee, uh, which should get it back in correct working order. Uh, I re I've been good on it ever since I started taking the medication. I haven't been hobbling. I haven't been locking up. Legs been pretty nice. I still feel it. It's a tightness. It's like a like a fist in my knee, but it hasn't really been causing me any real fucking pain uh, until this trip. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you something, and when I tell it to you, you're going to be like, AJ, that was a stupid thing to do, but you got to hear me out. Got to let me explain. So, my son wanted to visit his aunties, his titis over in New Jersey, so that's why we went, right? He wanted to see his family, so we take him to see his family. We did a bunch of things, kid-related, to keep my son occupied during this trip. One of them... It was this place called Funzilla over in New Jersey. I'm not saying this for a sponsorship situation. Uh, it is what it is. But uh, we went there, and they have a lot of things. They have bumper cars. They've got a rock climb, a laser tag. It's an all-purpose kind of facility. And uh, one of their major attractions is a trampoline park. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, AJ, you didn't go on a trampoline with your knee. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I did not... Do my usual athletic routines on the trampoline. I did not bounce from there to the uh, launching pad. I did not do the Ninja American Ninja Warrior course like I would do when I go to these things. Uh, despite the 
belly. I am quite the athlete. Um, I did not do any of those things. As a matter of fact, I walked right by him. I was a good boy. I did all the, I stayed away from all the dangerous shit. But at one point, uh, I was walking on a trampoline. And you know how the trampoline still moves regardless or whatever. And, uh, you know, I started walking on it. I was feeling good. And then the, just because I got to do physical therapy anyway, right? So I'm thinking to myself, you know, a little moving, a little exercise isn't going to fucking kill me. So I start moving around on the on the trampoline. I'm not fucking bouncing at the top of my fucking... I'm not muscling the fucking thing up. I'm just... I'm, it looked a lot like Terry... Not Terry. It looked a lot like the fucking dude from Beyond the Mat that I'm not book Terry guy. I forgot his fucking name all of a sudden. I've known his name for fucking years. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm blanking on it. Dennis Stamp. There it is. Woo! I almost lost my wrestling card there. Uh, yeah, Dennis Stamp. It was like the, de- the Dennis Stamp thing when he's training on the trampoline with the dumbbells, you know, I stay in shape type deal. That's all I was doing, man. Just some hob- just a few ups and downs and just trying to get the muscles working and engaged and yada, yada, yada. And then, uh, well, my body turned heel on me. Just said, nope, you weren't ready for this. This was a huge error in judgment. And for that, you will pay the ultimate penance. And I, I felt it was almost like someone... While I was jumping and I wasn't paying attention, someone took a sledgehammer to the side of my fucking leg. It was like uh, instant fire. I collapsed in where I was, which is a bad sight when you're in a public place because everyone thinks, oh, shit, another fat guy fucking on the trampoline fucking around. But no, uh, yeah, all I was really doing was just hopping in that one spot, just trying to get some movement going in my legs, and that was not enough, so... Uh, major pain, major pain that first day. Uh, luckily, I still had my medication, so I've been taking it regularly. Feeling better. Uh, actually healing faster than the first time around, so I'm glad I had that medication on me. That was good. Uh, we were able to ice it up and stuff, so feeling better. Can't wait to get into my own bed to go to sleep, because I think that will also help with the... Uh, with the healing process, so I can't wait for that. I I can't wait to be comfortable. I have no problem being in my sister's house. My my my. I have two sisters. They're sharing an apartment. They have a great apartment. I got no complaints about anything regarding their apartment. But it's just one of those things. Like I told my wife on the way over here, you don't appreciate your own bed until you're not fucking in it anymore. And with my knee killing me and everything going on, I was just like, I just I just want to be home. So I'm home now, and I can't wait to get into that fucking bed and see how much sleep I can get before I have to wake up and do all kinds of shit tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, so I re-aggravated the knee uh, as of right now. Doing all right. We'll see how – I'll probably update you again next week, see how that goes. Um, yeah, so that's the knee situation with that. That's where I was over in Jersey. And, of course, uh, the situation with Dave. So before we get into any wrestling conversation, because I missed last week – and one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk about was the AEW Revolution pay-per-view. I wanted to talk about that pay-per-view just a smidge because we're also on the road to WrestleMania. And I wanted to kind of close the door on AEW before I moved on to WrestleMania because it's pretty much I'm pretty sure WrestleMania is going to dominate. For better or for worse. And we'll get into that at the end of this because I've got my reservations, but I'm looking to turn a frown upside down, so 
I'm I'm trying to be the ultimate uh, optimist right now. So we'll again we'll touch on all that later on. Um, passing of a legend, passing of a pioneer of sorts, uh, Scott Hall. We'll talk about him also later here on the show. Uh, and uh, you know we got the AW pay per view. We've got Scott Hall. We've got a lot of stuff going on here. But I got to start real, real, real personally right now. Got to start with this real quick before we get into any other. This is wrestling related. So uh, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> I've spent uh, about a year now. I would say uh, I've been managing a tag team called the Blood Brothers, and I've been managing two individuals, uh, Max Mercy, formerly G Murder, formerly Murder, you know, aka aka. Uh, and Rays. Uh, these are two gentlemen, you know, and I and I'm you know I'm I'm giving you guys the real deal here on the show, right? This is Orsini's uncensored mind. So I, I'm pulling it back just a little bit here, but uh, I wanted to bring this up on the show because it, it it's it means a lot to me, to be honest with you. I don't, uh, you know, I can't speak for the guys, although the guys did kind of make it clear to me that, it, you know, they kind of felt the same way a little bit, but. Um, I've been managing them for about a year, and it's been slow. Givens, you know, here in New York, it, the, the the indie scene here in New York is just garbage. Just it just is, you know. You you <laughs> you have to go somewhere else. New York City used to be a hotbed, and every time I tell people that, they kind of just roll their eyes. It used to be. It there used there was what I feel like one of those old old. There used to be a time here in New York when wrestling was good, and they were like, yeah, okay, old man. Wrestling was good. What an idiot. No, it used to be pretty good here. And then, I don't know what happened. It just got worse and worse and worse. But, uh, I've been managing this team for a year. But I've known them for many, 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 many years. As a matter of fact, we were making the joke. I think I met them officially, like, for the first time. I want to say 2004. And, uh... It's 2022, so what, about 18 years I've known these guys uh, as friends, and we used to do the old backyard wrestling together, and, and, you know, we've always had this common bond and common interest in wrestling, and we've interacted, our careers have interacted in the past um, for between both of these guys, and because of that, we've never, even though our paths have you know, have crossed and we're the best of friends, but we've never really worked with each other that often. Um, we just decided to do it. We, you know, we'll put it, we'll put the team together. They're actual living blood brothers. The name, <laughs> the name is real. They're they're brothers for real. Uh, Max being the older of the two, and uh, we've we've always joked about it. We've always talked about it. About doing something together, and we've done it. We well, we've been doing it. We're doing it now. It's been about a year now. We've been doing it, and uh, I wanted to bring up that this past weekend. Well, another reason why we didn't get the fucking show done is uh, we won uh, tag team championships, Colossal Championship Wrestling, which is a company predominantly based out of New Jersey, who ran a show in Queens uh, this past weekend. Uh, they put us in an impromptu tag team title match in which we won. Now, Max has been tag team champions for other companies, 
So has Ray's, uh, and even I have <laughs> been tag team champions in other companies. But we've never done it together. That's a first. Um, I've never managed a team to tag team title success, so that's good for me. And, of course, they uh, have never had a chance as brothers to be the tag team champions. So that's huge. That was a big thing for me. Um, and I'm and I'm just realizing now that I said this weekend I was in Jersey. It was the weekend before that. So uh, believe it or not, which is so ironic, one of the belts is actually in my house. I'm looking at it right now, sitting across from me in the living room. So um, when my ha- when I have my WrestleMania party this year, which again I'll talk about at the end, uh, there'll be some real championship gold in the house, and that'll definitely be a fucking first. <laughs> So, should be interesting, should be cool. Um, Yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up on the show. Congrats to my guys. They worked really fucking hard uh, for a long fucking time to to be any kind of success in this industry. So, I'm happy for them. Uh, The bookings right now are looking so good. Uh, There's so many plans down the pike to do some things. So, extremely happy and proud of my guys for putting in the work that they did uh didn't exactly have uh the best match to win those tag titles i'm very critical of our matches that wasn't our best but it was a three-way tag that had a lot of moving parts and a lot of last minute substitutions so it is what it is we we made do with what we had but as far as the plans moving forward as tag champs uh Got a lot on our plate, and I'm looking forward to doing it. I'm looking forward to having that and uh, and meeting some really cool guys. And, and we're, we're having matches now with people we've never even fucking met. And that's exciting, especially for me, because then I get to sit down and go over these matches with the guys, and I learn a few things, and I teach a few things. It's good. It's a give and back. Oh, it's, it's a give and take, not a give and back. Give and take situation, and... I thrive in those situations. I enjoy it. So it's a lot of fun. So we're going to have some really cool tag matches coming up down the line. You can check us out, man. NAX is actually the next show we're doing. That's going to be in Clifton, New Jersey. I think it's 242 Parker Ave. I'll double I think it's 242. 242 Parker Ave, Clifton, New Jersey. I'll definitely have it before we go. But I'm just giving you guys the heads up. That's where that's going to be. I think we're in a six-man for that one, so that one's going to be even more fucking fun because uh, we're in there with our boy, Brother Whiplash, um, who's been on this show before in the past, twice actually, one half of the Zoltan, a member of the greatest of all time, my old my old stomping ground, my old stable from back in the day, uh, reuniting, reuniting, and it feels so good, except for them. For the people we're facing, it won't feel so fucking good. But for us, it's fantastical. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, what was the other one we did? We did a promo for May. Not the 20th. I said 21st for NEX, right? Yeah, okay. So it was uh, August, I think it is. Down the Pike. Then we have another one. I think we have one coming up in April. So there's a lot, yeah, a lot of moving parts. So a lot of different things going on. The champs are in demand. So let's see what's going to happen with that. So I wanted to start off with something personal first, and then we'll get underway here. As a matter of fact, I have it up in front of me. And I'm not going to go match for match with this, because this would have been a lot better with... uh, It would have been a lot better, a lot easier to do this match for match with Dave here. Because I think Dave would have given me a lot more insight on what was going on in his head. Plus, 
There's 12 goddamn matches. So uh, with Dave, I like to mix it up, right? Because I obviously have more inside knowledge than he does. So I usually give you guys, you know, my opinion based on what I know about the business. And then he'll give you his, which is kind of like a third-party opinion to what... he He's giving me the opinion as to what he feels about what he's looking at. And I'm telling you basically what I'm looking at <laughs> in a professional sense. Or at least how how I interpret certain things. So without him to be the yang to my yang, I'm probably going to burn through this. I'll give you some notes. That's the way that I thought about this going in tonight. Uh, when I realized I wasn't going to have a partner to do this, I still want to do it so I can close the door on it. But I don't really want to go on a tangent about it because of what's the point, right? Because uh, there's no one, there's no one going back and forth with me on this. And I remember I used to do these back in the day anyway. In the same way, I would rant a little more, and I'm going to rant here for one of them. But I, it's, it's it's 12 matches. There's no fucking use. As a matter of fact. Let's, for the most part, the way that I feel about this pay-per-view is extremely positive. For the most part. I mean, picking at nits, right? But there's one major complaint that I have. And I'm going to start with that just so we can get that out of the way. Because what I got to start with it so that you understand where I'm coming from as we get later into the pay-per-view. Okay? And my biggest complaint about this show, it might be the only complaint I have. Because this show was so great. So many levels in so many ways, uh, but I only have one real complaint: length. This is too fucking long. This is too fucking long, and I've said this before about shows uh, from AEW, and I think Dave and I broke down the combination shows when they do Dynamite followed by Rampage followed by Dark followed by this and that. It's too. It's too fucking long. I'm sorry. It isn't. And I know when I first made those comments, people were like, oh, he's getting old. He's getting sleepy. No, I, I, I'm pretty sure there were a lot of people around the horn there that were feeling this when I was saying that it's too long. This is too much. Twelve matches. And I know people are going to say, well, three pre-show. Even still, you take twelve you minus the three pre-show matches. You're still left with nine. That is too many matches. Not everybody on the fucking roster needs to be on this fucking pay-per-view. And I know that you don't have... You're not in a WWE situation where you could have a pay-per-view every month. And in some months, you have more than one. You have, like, up to two. Some of these months, they've straightened some of that out by doing the Saudi Arabia shows now as regular pay-per-views like they did for the Elimination Chamber. They're trying to lessen that, but it's still a lot for them, for pay-per-views once a month. I understood the f- when they moved. I don't know how many people remember this. How many of you out there remember this? But WWE used to do the same pay-per-view schedule that AEW does. They didn't have a pay-per-view every fucking month. Rumble in January, Mania in March or April, SummerSlam in August, Survivor Series in November. Those were the pay-per-views. And every moment in between, it was just buying time till the pay-per-view. So they would do little specials here and there. They would have these big mega cards they would have throughout the year. So that same thing that AEW is doing. They changed that when WCW got into the fold here. And they started doing pay-per-views like crazy. Because they knew the pay-per-views would draw more money than the fucking television audience. You, you're For wrestling, the television show is basically there just to promote the fucking mega events. 
That's the way that it always was. It's the way that it still technically should be, but now with streaming services, there's no fucking point. But yeah, so the WWE didn't always do it like this. They did it like the way AEW is doing now. So I understand that you don't have a pay-per-view every month that you can just burn talent on. Or at the very least, if you didn't get on in March, maybe you'll get on in April and yada, yada, yada. They only have four or five pay-per-views a year. But I'm going to say this and people are going to, I don't know how they're going to react, but quality over quantity. There's a few of these matches. You look at this card. There's 12 matches here. If I eliminated six of these matches, this would still be a fucking outrageous fucking card. The matches, six of these matches are just outrageously good. Just great. Some good, and then there was like one or two maybe that were just meh. But at the same time, this is too long. This is too much. This is too much. And when I get to the last match, you're going to go, ah, fuck. But I'm. this is why I'm telling you now. So I caught the pre-show, and we're not going to go, again, move for move here. Layla Hirsch, of course, defeating Chris, Slant- Chris Statlander. Uh, we talked about that on the roundtable, on what we needed to see from that match. We got it. Layla with the win. That's exactly what we needed to see, and exactly the way that we needed to see it. And people are, I've heard a few people, are they getting away from the alien thing with Chris Stantlander? Yes, they are. Slowly but surely. Why? Because it's garbage. It was always garbage. It was cute. It was funny at the time she was doing it. You're on TV now. That's enough. We're, We're moving on to something else. She's talented enough. She is good. She showed it here. She's good. Chris Stantlander is a very talented young woman, and she's a, gr- a great wrestler. She'll be fine. She doesn't need to come from the fucking Andromeda system to get over. Her work is fine. She's talented enough. Then we moved on to Hook versus QT Marshall. Hook won, of course. What is there anything else we really need to say about this match? Even if Dave was here right now, that would have been two seconds. Play his music. Play his theme. Let the girls go crazy and the guys go fucking banana sandwich. And then a uh, quick win there for Hook. And finally blows off whatever the fuck this was between him and his supposed trainer. Then we move on to the House of Black. Now remember, folks, we're still on the buy-in. Still on the pre-show. Okay, I know it's the pre-show. Because it's on YouTube. I know it's the pre-show. You know it's the pre-show. Nobody told the House of Black... The Death Triangle and Eric Redbeard, this was a pre-show match. They did not get the memo. Because they went out there and fucking just threw fucking bombs. That was one of the heaviest hitting dark matches. What is a dark match? But I, I keep saying pre-show because that's what my brain tells me from years of doing this. But it's the buy-in. And no no one told them that it was a buy-in because they just went out there and threw everything, including the kitchen sink. Everything. That was it, it was it was jarring. It's like, alright, this is a lot. We haven't started the show. The show hasn't started. And again, people will hear that. And they go, oh, well, I mean <laughs> it's how talented these six guys are. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's on the buy-in, right? So are you telling me that the reason why they went all out like that was so that it would entice people to buy the pay-per-view? Because maybe, maybe all of all of that 
was enough to entice a few people? Maybe. If not, if if the numbers didn't jump at all based on their by their participation on this card, that there's a lot going on in this match. I'm not even going to break down how insane this match was. It was a lot. A lot of moving parts. Six-man tag team match. And House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews defeating Puck, Penta Ascoto, and Eric Redbeard. I had to ask my wife. My wife speaks Spanish. Is Ascoto? Oh, dark. Oh, Penta dark. Penta dark. As opposed to the light Penta that we saw beforehand. Okay. I said that to somebody, well, this is the character he was using in Lucha Underground. Yes, when he wasn't known like that. He's known for something else. And the other Penta is not dark. I mean, excuse me, that's what they're saying, right? This is a darker version of Penta as opposed to the dark Penta that we normally have. Doesn't he normally have that face paint and that look with the mask and the gloves and... The only thing different was Alex Alex Sabrientes and his, I want to say, was that a druid outfit he had on? I'm not entirely sure. It's the buy-in, though. And, and this was intense. <laughs> there was a lot fucking going on. They worked awfully hard to be match three of a fucking buy-in. I'll just say that. Our main card, however, our main show opened up. Eddie Kingston defeating Chris Jericho. This was awesome. This was this was great. I'm very critical of the way that a lot of, not even AEW, there's not even an AEW thing, but just people in general. I'm very critical how people use Eddie. Because I just, I think people see something in Eddie, but they don't know what it is. And I've been saying a thousand times. You, and I was very, my biggest disappointment was John Moxley didn't get it. You don't wrestle Eddie Kingston. That's not what Eddie Kingston does. He's a barroom brawler. He's an attraction because when you get Eddie was Eddie will give you the big fight feel. He talks that shit. He walks that shit. I hate whenever there's a badass character and they immediately get compared to Stone Cold. Because there'll never be another Stone Cold, and there's different variations of being a badass besides being Stone Cold Steve Austin. And this is a prime example of it. Eddie Eddie is in a... I, I, people think I've been critical of Eddie. I'm not. I'm critical of the people who use Eddie. Because I just feel like Eddie needs to be an attraction. He's not going to get in there and fucking tie up with you and start chaining. He's going to go in like, He's going to go in there and he's going to start throwing fists and throwing hands and he's going to beat you up. He's going to beat you up. That's Eddie Kingston. So we needed a guy in there with Eddie who was going to let that happen, but also facilitate putting Eddie in a position where he's got to fire up and fight from underneath, all of which took place in this matchup. I was super impressed by the way that both of these individuals competed in this matchup. And I'm not going to say Chris Jericho dialed it back. I'm going to say that Chris Jericho does what he does best, or at least used to do best. And that's be the chameleon he always was. Chris Jericho has always been a chameleon. He wrestles the type of match that his opponent needs to wrestle. 
And that comes from being super talented in your own right. He's got the gift. He doesn't need to wrestle a Chris Jericho match to be over or to get you over. He can wrestle your match and still get over. And that happened here. Chris Jericho wrestled an Eddie Kingston kind of matchup, and it worked out. And we need more of this. <laughs> not not just from Chris Jericho, but when anyone gets in the ring with Eddie Kingston, we, we need them to let Eddie get ruthless. They need Eddie to, they need to let Eddie get his fucking intensity up and don't pigeonhole him. Don't put him in positions where his flaws I don't know people are gonna say, well, he's a professional wrestler. How could wrestling be his flaw? I didn't say he couldn't wrestle at all. But on the level of an Omega or a Jericho or a Moxie or a Danielson or a Punk, that's not what he does. And that's, uh, you know, if you put Eddie Kingston with some schlub off the block or some, you know, some new guy in the industry two or three years in, Eddie's going to fucking eat him up on the mat. But an elite level performer? No, he's not on that level. But he talks like one. He has a presence like one. So this this match was really really good. I didn't like the submission at the end. I get the, I get where it's coming from. I get the story. I appreciate the fact that Chris Jericho put the hold over, on Dynamite, because they were they were trying to get that, a submission move for a guy like Eddie Kingston actually does make a, a whole lot of sense. So I'm I'm with it. Dave Dave got me, on that one. So I'll I'll give it a chance, but it, it I I did not like the way that submission looked, <laughs> and I didn't think that should have been a, a submission that beat him. If you're gonna submit him, fine. I'm not opposed to the idea of, you know. I'm not opposed to the idea of winning by submission. I'll put it like that. That submission, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know he got it from Japan, but look at the size of the Jap- the Japanese guys and then him. I can see a Kobashi putting that move in or a Masawa putting that move in and cranking that fucker and then him doing it. I don't know. But it, it, he got the win. Biggest win of his career. Great fucking match. Dope. Uh, on to the three-way tag team championship match. And the minute I saw that this match was next, I said... This card is fucked. This card is fucked. How in the shit, how in the hell are you even supposed to approach the idea of putting this fucking match this early on the fucking card? How? How on earth? I knew that we were fucked. I knew we were fucked, beyond fucked. As soon as I saw this fucking match was next, match two on the main, you know, on the main show, I said, all right, here, let's go. It's the Jungle Express, excuse me, Jurassic Express defending the tag titles against Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. And I said it on the pre, on the round table that we did, and I'll say it again here. Was not looking forward to this match because I knew exactly what it was going to be, and it's exactly what it was. Almost 20 minutes of fantastic choreography and kicking out of everything. And uh, I know Dave's not here at the moment, but I'm not going to let that stop me from doing the right thing, which is to give Basutasaurus, as I call him, the great 
uh, the great uh, Luchasaurus, apparently. Uh, I'm going to give them the credit they deserve. The Jurassic Express as a whole did a great job, including Luchasaurus. He had an amazing match. It was dope. I wish he did that more often. I know people are going to, ah, he has to give him his credit now. It was dope. I will give him his credit. Change is nothing. I told David as it happened, as we were watching, the, he was watching the pay-per-view at his house. I was watching it at mine, but we were texting each other throughout the show, and he was all over me. Oh, you got to give this man his due. I do give him his due. I wish he did this more often. If he did this more often, I would praise the man. But he doesn't do this often. So what do you expect me to do? I got to hold him to the level of performance that he gives. He was great here, so I'll give him credit because he was great. But he's not great all the time. And if he was great more often, I would give him more credit. And he was great here. I'm giving him credit. Okay? So it's Red Dragon. It's the Young Bucks. If you've seen one of these matches, you've seen them all. And if that's the kind of stuff that you enjoy, great. Then it was a great match. Me, I'm kind of in the middle. Because their execution is so good. Red Dragon can wrestle anybody, anywhere, anytime. And they can do it with their fucking line clothes. They're amazing. The Young Bucks having a Young Buck match. That's it. That's what they, I'm through with the they can wrestle any style that they want to. Bullshit. That's their match. That's what they have. That's what it is. I would respect it more if you just said that. And just moved on. Because what they do... What the Young Bucks do, and I know people are critical of the Young Bucks, especially a particular someone. I like the Young Bucks. I do. What they what they are able to do inside of a wrestling ring is fantastic. It's fantastic. There's a place for it. I get it. But this nonsense about how they could really, they could wrestle so many styles. No. They have one style. And there's nothing wrong with having the one style. There's nothing wrong with it. That's why I don't understand why they don't skid into it more. Why they continue to push this ideology that they could... I'll be if I wanted to do this, I could do this. No. I'll put it like this. Even if the Young Bucks could wrestle other styles, why the fuck would they? That's just bad business. This is what they do. Spot here, spot there. Be in the right place at the right time. The only thing that they've really done differently over the years is they've slowed down from those spots. They're giving people more time to get into those positions. And that's made the matches a little bit more tolerable. But we're talking almost 20 minutes. Almost 20 minutes of some of the most ridiculous shit you can possibly do. So, moving on. uh, uh, Jurassic Express retains the titles as they should have. And Red Dragon and the Young Bucks push this ideology that they're going to wrestle each other at some point. And I'm sure they will. It'll be a regular tag match between these two teams. And we'll see everything that we saw. Everything we saw in this match, we'll see it again in the tag match. Because this is the match that they have. Again, nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's the truth. It's the ma- this is the match that they have. This is what they do. And they're one of the best in the world at it. A lot of people run this style. Not everybody can do it like the Young Bucks. That's why I don't understand 
Why aren't you steering more into this? Why are you running with the angle that you can do different styles and you can... It doesn't make any sense to me. No one does this like you do. I would steer into it. I would st make it part of the gimmick, I guess. I mean, there's, there's no other reason. There's no reason you shouldn't. Anyway, that was the match. Uh, followed by a ladder match. I was... This is insane to me. That car crash, the triple threat tag team match, followed by a fucking ladder match with super heavyweights, mind you. So it's Wardlow who defeated Christian Cage, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. Multi-man ladder match. I already expressed my displeasure on the round table. Not a big, I've got no problem with anybody in this match. They're all fucking great. But it's a fucking ladder match with a bunch of people. It's going to be the same spots over and over. Once or twice in a ladder match these days, you'll get something new. Orange Cassidy doing the nip up on the ladder. That was pretty cool. Everything else, standard issue ladder match. However, good choice on the victor. Wardlow here. Wardlow, uh, a lot of people, including myself, probably would have suggested Keith Lee was probably not suggest as in, hey, you should probably make this guy win. Suggest that, they, that he would. I think a lot of people would have suggested, yeah, Keith Lee's probably going to take this. Uh, didn't. They gave it to Wardlow, and maybe that's the right choice. I like that. Until I heard him on Dynamite. And I went, oh, boy. <laughs> that promo. Uh, but he's got everything else. The promo will come. Just takes time. And it's, it's going to be harder for him because that time that it takes, it's on national television. So we're going to see him go through the ups and downs. But it wasn't a terrible, it, it's, he's not a terrible performer. He'll get there. He'll get the promo. It'll come eventually. He's got, he's got what you can't teach. You can teach promo to a degree. You know, you can't give people charisma, but you can teach promo. You know, even Randy Orton fi figured it out eventually. You can teach promo. You can't teach six foot whatever he is. You can't teach 300 plus pounds of pure and unadulterated muscle. You you can't pass down knowledge on how to be a freak in the gym. You can't do that. He's got it. He's got all the tools he needs. He just needs the experience. I've been saying it on the show a thousand times. A lot of these people are going to be dope. That's why, like, if you're not a fan of AEW now, don't worry about it. You will be. Because a lot of the big stars in AEW right now won't be there in five years. But the guys and the gals they're working with will be. You know? There's a couple of names here. Now, I'm going to get through this list, and we'll, go, we'll come back to this topic here. Because, again, it rears his ugly head here in the next match. So the TBS, the AEW TBS Championships on the line, Jade Cargill against Ty Conti. Six minutes 50 seconds, in and out, perfect, perfect, in and out, it's the blind leading the blind, both of these ladies are inexperienced, both of them are still basically in the training phase, yes, I know it's for a championship, but as I explained, I had this conversation with my, my wife the other day, when they put a championship on you like that, the Jade Cargill situation, oh, she's greener than goose shit, Yes, she is green. And yes, they mentioned on the pay-per-view that she is training with Brian Danielson. Okay? But here's the thing. They're not putting... I think I said this on the roundtable. I'm not sure. 
they didn't give her the championship because of how great she is right now. They gave her the championship because they're of the hopes she will be great one day. And when she is, being a former TBS champion will mean something during that process. Okay? These two need more time. And they'll get there. That's why I'm not going to kill this at all. Six minutes, 50 seconds, in and out, no issues. This was good. (sighs) And then my main event. My main event took place, of course, the dog collar match, CM Punk and MJF. And folks, we've got to have ourselves a conversation. We've got to have ourselves a conversation. And yes, it's about the moment. It's about the entrance. Yep, we got to talk about it. Got to talk about it. Because I've been told a bunch of times now from a bunch of people, what a miss. What a swing and a miss that entrance was. I've been told by more than one now. What a swing and a miss, man. These people were fucking confused. That's what I was told. They were confused. Those people were lost. They didn't have a clue what was going on. Bullshit. Bullshit. As a matter of fact, if I'm a wrestling fan that that was in that building at the time of that entrance, I thank the good Lord for this golden opportunity I was just given. Because nothing is worse than going to an AEW show or a Ring of Honor show. Nothing is worse than when you get a room full of marks just yammering, yammering away about all this precious wrestling knowledge that they all have, right? And they're always giving you these random facts, or, or all these random like ideas. Or all these different situations they've been in. Oh, I was at that show in 2005 when they did this. Or 2000. Blah, 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 blah. They're always looking for a reason to fucking brag on you. And here we are, folks. We've, we've got our reason. Of course, I'm talking about CM Punk coming to the ring to his Ring of Honor theme. AFI's Misera Cantera. And it's one of the dopest entrances in independent wrestling history. It was the <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna slip into fan mode here because I'm a big fan or I should I say I was always a big fan of CM Punk back in the day. And in the eyes and the minds of people who did follow him like that back in the day, that was a theme song that represented a lot of things. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, that theme song is one of the most important theme songs in the history of my fucking life. I, when that, when, when the drums hit, I had a fucking outer body experience. I screamed like a little girl. My wife, my poor unsuspecting wife was sitting on the couch shopping for some items that my son needs desperately for for school. She's spending her her off time, her relaxed time, to make sure our son is doing well. And here I am, in the living room, 
almost bawling at the, at the, at the mere hint that it could be that song. Because it was, it was straight black. They didn't give him like the punk logo and signature and stuff to that song. It was straight black with a strobe, just like the Ring of Honor entrance. And you heard it. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. And I lost my shit. And I'm not the only one. This bullshit. Oh, nobody understood it. Bullshit. If nobody in your circle got it, Kudos. My circle of friends, the people that I know and the people that I fuck with, all they knew. And we all had what was considered a spiritual experience when that fucking song hit. That was a moment. Now, people are going to talk badly about it, obviously, because it doesn't affect them the way that it affects other people. That's fine. I'm cool with that. You can shit on it all you want. Makes no difference to fucking me. It really doesn't. But to say that it was a failed moment is not true. There were a lot of people in that building who did know. You could hear them singing it. It wasn't... The whole building wasn't singing it. So it wasn't that audible. But the cameras are right there. You can hear it happening. You can hear it happening. There were people who knew, and in my opinion, just enough people to make that moment mean something. Because there were a lot of people. CM Punk, to me anyway, to me, and there might be some who agree and some who don't, but CM Punk was really the last mega over indie guy for for that Ring of Honor era. And I know a lot of Ring of Honor guys went after Punk did. But Punk went at a time. That's why I say like one of the last real indie, because the territories, or should I say not the territories, that's a bad example, because the territories ended before that, but in the days of like, for instance, like ECW or, you know, any high profile local indie company that turned into a big, a bigger deal, you know, I always, and I was always ironic that Punk wound up in the WWE version of ECW, but I always considered Punk kind of like the last of that generation. Same thing with the Joes and the Christopher Daniels who came, Brian Danielson, all guys who were just hitting their stride in the early 2000s, right? He was kind of one of the last ones to kind of get scooped up. Joe would go on to TNA. Uh, Styles would go on to TNA. You know, a lot of, the, a lot of guys were, Daniels would go to, they were losing guys left and right. Punk went to the WWE. He went to the one spot that you knew wasn't going to get him right. You just knew they weren't going to use him to the to the extent of which he could be used. And they almost didn't. They almost didn't. But during the course of his Ring of Honor run, and, and he used that song in other independent companies as well, but during the course of literally all of that, that song, man, when you hear when you heard that song in the building, something dope, something cool was about to fucking happen. And, uh, and I'm telling you this, if that song hit and it entertained one person, fuck it, it worked. I'm sorry. I will never call that a film. That was one of the greatest moments as a fan that I've had in years. Years. 
AEW gave that to me. WWE would have never done that. Ever. AEW did that. And for once, I have to give them immense credit for getting the rights to that song, putting forth the effort. There were so many Ring of Honor references leading up to this match. And then, of course, Punk coming out. When I heard the song, I moved to my wife and I said, he needs to have the the jacket. He needs to have the fight shorts. He needs to have the blonde hair. And he had everything but the blonde hair. And I understand why he didn't do the blonde hair, so I'm not going to get... I'm not going to start picking at nits, but he did everything else. He did everything you could possibly ask for in a return to to that form of CM Punk. He did it. And then the match itself delivered. This was the best match on the card. It ain't close. It isn't close. This is the best match on the card. No, no one no one in AEW on this show was able to touch that. No one. This had every element you can think of. I didn't need the thumbtacks. Nobody's perfect. But there was no fucking... There was no fucking way anyone was going to get even close to approximating that. None. None. That match was amazing. No notes. (laughs) No notes. Dope. Across the board. Just dope. The right amount of story, the right amount of blood, everything, everything, perfect, top to bottom. This is how you do it. This is how you build it. I didn't like the way this build started. I didn't. That 18-minute promo they did, I said it on the show, garbage. I did not like the way that this program was initiated. It was too long. It was too drab. And I made the comment then, and I stand by it. it. MJF's promo to kick this whole thing off was basically him just reading YouTube comments. That's it. That's all that it was. But it be as the program continued on, something shifted. Something changed. They started telling a real story. And they almost lost me again. When MJF did that big-ass babyface promo about how he was treated on the old football team and all that, and I lost my shit. Because I don't want to hear I don't want to ha- hear my heel saying this, but I, I got swerved. I got worked. Because it ended up making complete sense as to why they did that. Complete sense. So, kudos to them. Great match. Actually, there was a moment of concern because the juice was good, but by golly, the the juice almost became too fucking good. They couldn't stop that blood from coming down. He was fucking pouring. And I think it started, the match was just, it was all energy. It was just go. But you know what? <laughs> I think the blood hindered them a little bit because I don't know if he was completely out of it or what his deal was, but he, they were moving and they were firing on all cylinders and then all of a sudden it came to a slow pace. And I'm going to go with the idea that 
They started getting cautious as to how much he was bleeding. But once that started to dry up a little bit, get his faculties a little bit, that was it. This match went forward, and it was dope. That was my main event. And folks, one, two, three, four, five. Five matches. That was my main event. Everything after this was extra as fuck. And speaking of which, Dr. Britt Baker defends the Women's Championship against Thunder Rosa. I felt so bad for him, to be honest with you. I can't grade it. I can't give you my thoughts on it because I just, it was not fair. It wasn't fair to Britt Baker. It wasn't fair to Thunder Rosa. It, it just wasn't, that was not fair. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. So we're clear. If you if you remove Jade Cargill and Tay Conti's six minute match, which is easy to do, it's a six minute match. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa was told to have a wrestling match following triple threat tag team title match, ladder match, dog collar match. In that order. And then they told Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, who by the way, got over doing a lights out match. They told them to go out there and have a wrestling match. That wasn't fair. And they tried. Almost 18 minutes worth of trying. They they gave it their fucking best. They did. They gave it their fucking best. And I'm not going to jump on them. It wasn't the most interesting match. But again, blown up. This is what we keep telling people. The, they were blown up. The audience was blown sky fucking high. In the sky. Because everything they had seen so far. Jesus, Jiminy, jumping ghost of Christ. How much more can you put a fucking audience through? And then give them a wrestling match. Same thing happened on the next match. Moxley and Danielson by pinfall. Now, the stuff that happened at the end of the match kind of made that whole thing worth it, but they were expected to go out there and just fucking wrestle. That's not fair, to be honest with you. Too many of these fucking matches on this card. There were too many. Of these weird, just all-out, maniacal matches. And we didn't even have, we weren't even done with them yet. So Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa for the title. Uh, Baker retains, overbooked with the heels, moving on. Moxley and Danielson basically just had a fight for 20 minutes. And then we got the debut of William Regal, which was dope. Can't wait to see where this goes moving forward. It was just a tease, the smacking of the faces and whatnot. It is what it is. Uh, dope match, though, between Moxley and Danielson. Actually, probably one of Moxley's better matches in AEW since he's been there. So, super excited about that. Um, Six-man tornado tag. Holy bejesus. Somebody come get their grandpa. Who told Stain? Who told... Listen. Who told Stain to get up there? Who told Sting to get up there? What's happening? What's happening, Captain? This was... Of all the matches that are on this card, and people will say, well, it's like me, too many matches. Well, which matches would you take out? They're all bangers. Ding, ding, ding. I would have taken this one out for sure. Actually, it's so funny. It was getting so late, and by Moxley and Danielson, I was physically so tired... I looked at the clock, and I realized, man, we're deep into the night. And I remember on the Wikipedia, they were like, yeah, there's a six-man tornado. And I'm like, well, if it hasn't happened yet, they got to be skipping it, right? Because they still have the title match. 
I actually thought for a split second they were going to skip that match, like not have it at all. And then they announced it was next, and I was like, holy shit. So we're going to do a six-man tornado before... You're going to do a six-man tornado tag before your world title match where the, where they have to go in there and wrestle. Same thing I just said a second ago. I felt bad for Thunder Rosa and for Britt Baker because they had to follow all that madness. Now here's more madness. Six-man tornado tag, and they beat each other six ways from fucking Sunday. Everyone in that ring got the fucking shit kicked out of them. All of them. They went they broke every fucking thing they had and could break. And then they said, "Okay, main event time." Which by the way, the main event was Adam Page and Adam Cole. And this is the part where you're all going to be so mad at me. Because after that six-man tag, let me also tell you this. I was so into this pay-per-view that I did something that I haven't done for wrestling pay-per-views in a long time. Long time, long time, haven't done this. I started drinking. I had a few beers. I haven't had a beer for a wrestling show in a long time. But I was so into this program, I went to the store, got a few brews. I was kicking back. I fucking, I was having a great time. But, like I said, this show is long. I started drinking when Layla Hirsch was out there. So now we're like 11 fucking matches in, and I'm, I'm, strugg- I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And <laughs> this is a true fucking story. My wife's asleep, and I'm in, my wife's asleep in the bedroom. And I'm in the bedroom. But I'm in my chair. I have a computer chair in my bedroom. Uh, and I'm watching the six-man tornado, and I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to feel it a little bit. And then that match is over. Here comes Adam Cole dressed as some sort of military whatever. I later found out it was from a video game. Cool. Nothing bad with that, right? It's dope. He's, it was like a New Day entrance, almost like, right? So I, I said to myself, I said, okay, this is going to get really, really good now. It's main event time. It's Adam Cole. It's Adam Pace. to see what they got. And right when I heard cowboy shit, whatever the fuck, it all went black. <laughs> I went to sleep. I fell out in the chair. I was in an upright, seated position when I fell asleep. And I did not see the match. And, for the record, it's March 20th. I still haven't seen that fucking match. Because why? It's Adam Page and it's Adam Cole. Adam Page hit Cole with everything he had and that Cole kicked out. Cole hit every move he's ever learned in his wrestling career against Page and he kicked out. And then something screwy happens at the end that causes Cole to lose the match. How close was I? No? Okay. I, I just I haven't. I may see it at some point, but I, I haven't seen it yet, so it's whatever. But this pay-per-view, I'm, again, don't let my down demeanor fool you. I actually liked this pay-per-view. But 
the, there's there's some tweaking that needed to happen here. It's too. Look at the times on this. I have it in front of me. 17 minutes, 13 minutes, 18 minutes, 17 minutes, 26 minutes, 17 minutes, 21 minutes, 13 minutes, 25 minutes. Look, tornado tag went 13 minutes. For fuck's sake, I don't have all night. Please, please give me the strength to get through this. <laughs> this pay-per-view was really, really good. I, I don't let my nitpicking deter you from seeing it if you haven't seen it yet, but come on. I mean... Come on. <laughs> this match this this match. This show was fucking ridiculously long. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Their next pay-per-view, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is gonna be all out? Or is it double or nothing? I I can't remember the fuck I'm not used to the order yet. There it is, double or nothing. That's their next big pay-per-view. That's gonna be May 29th in Las Vegas. Baby. So we'll see how that goes. Dope show. Dope show. Dope show. Ah, uh, da, 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 da. What else we were doing? Oh, yeah. So um, I wanted to really quickly, because next week, there's two weeks from now, right? Is that what we're counting down? Let me get my calendar out. What the fuck is this? Go away. Bring my calendar. There you go. So this week and then next week. Next week's WrestleMania week. No, two weeks. Not this weekend. Next weekend is WrestleMania weekend. Uh, so we're going to go live Friday the 1st at 8 p.m. And we're going to do WrestleMania roundtable for that. I got some familiar faces and some new ones coming on the podcast for that. And we're going to do our WrestleMania roundtable and talk about the card and all kinds of cool shit. But, uh, obviously, this coming week, we're not going to be live. We're going to be doing the recording as per usual for us. So, I'm really excited about what we're going to do as far as the build-up to our WrestleMania roundtable. Last year, I did two WrestleMania. I did WrestleMania Night 1 and WrestleMania Night 2 for, um, for the podcast. I won't go that heavy this time. We'll just have the one roundtable. And... Um, See what we can uh, get discussed here for that because this card so far, let's be honest about it. This is a bad show. <laughs> and I think someone brought it up to me the other day. It's got WrestleMania 27 written all over it. This is bad. This is bad. And that sucks because, look, I'm going to be real with you guys. I haven't had the best of... Luck, I guess we could say, the past couple of months. I have, have not been feeling well, not been feeling like myself. But this is the time of year where I rally. This is how, how many times do I have to say it on this show? WrestleMania is my holy day. Now it's becoming days, but my holy day of Sabbath. This is where all the wrongs become right. This is where all the good becomes great. All the bad becomes good and all the good becomes great. It's WrestleMania weekend. Nothing, nothing can get between me and my WrestleMania weekend. However, I'm looking at this card, two cards actually, in fact. And I'm just like, where is the mania? Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair was a match for me that was like, okay, let's do this. That feels like a mania match. 
But now we're hearing Bianca's hurt. She ain't going to make it to the fucking pay-per-view. So now what do we do? So that takes away one of maybe only three matches that I looked at where I went, oh, this is going to be good. And, and there's ten matches already announced with more to come. And there was only three. Now there's down to two because I don't know who they're going to put in that spot. I don't know who they're going to just throw. And I promise you this. If Bianca doesn't go, let's say it's not a work, right? If Bianca doesn't go, you just know off the bat it's not going to be a fucking current talent that's going to take that spot. It's going to be a legend or some sort of name or something. Something weird and goofy. And now this pretty much almost guarantees now that Becky will retain. So it's bleh. Rey Mysterio and Dominic against Miz and Logan Paul. Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin. Where Where is the mania in either of that stuff? The, the Logan Paul thing seems very mania. But if it was the only one, that would seem mania. But I digress. The Usos will defend the SmackDown Tag Team Championship against Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Flair and Rousey were now learning. Uh, could very well be the main event of that pay-per-view if they don't go with the rumored idea of using Owens and Austin as the main event for the KO show. So we'll see how, I guess, that works itself out. Then on night two, we've got the women's tag team titles on the line. Queen Zelina and Carmella against Sasha Banks and Naomi against Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan and now against Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Who is now competing in her second women's tag team title match at WrestleMania. And then we got Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. I was just saying a second ago. If the Logan Paul deal was the only one, that would feel like mania. We've got Knoxville and Pat McAfee on the card. Look at, look at night two. The four-way tag for the women's tag titles. Knoxville and Zayn, Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. Then they give us Edge and Styles. And then they give us Lesnar and Reigns, winner takes all. What the shit? So I'm just I'm giving you guys the fucking update because we're on the road to WrestleMania. I'm going to be WrestleMania heavy leading up to fucking literally everything moving forward. But holy shit, this card looks horrific. Horrific. Anyway. Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin, not on this list, but they will be there. As Steve said in his promo, I don't care if it's a match or a fight or whatever the fuck, he's going to open up one last can of whoop-ass in Dallas. And I'm hearing that that's going to be on, whether it's the main event or not, it's going to be on night one. So that's dope. I'll take that. We'll see how the fuck that shapes the fuck up. Yeah, and uh, and that's it. That's where we're going to be teasing with that, and then we're going to be leaving in just a few minutes. But before we do, I want to pay homage. I want to pay homage to the man. Now, just real quickly, because I'm going to do what should be done here. I'm going to give this man the, a graceful dedication, because what he, that's what he deserves. Scott Hall is without a doubt one of the greatest to ever do it. He's 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 up there. 
the people that he's influenced, the people that he has reached as a talent. He's not without his demons. You know, I'm going to say this. I do it for everybody. So I'm just being consistent. Okay? He was he's not without his demons. The only good, the only positive that comes from his passing is the timing of his passing. Cuz the same motherfuckers on social media right now who are giving out rest in peace statuses and sharing the photos of them when they were taking pictures with him and whatever the fuck are the same people who were laughing at him no more than five years ago. That if he had died on that pay-per-view where he could barely walk. You know, and when he ordered that one indie show where he was literally, literally leaning on people to make it to the fucking ring to throw a toothpick and leave. There's a lot of people in this industry and not in this industry that were rooting for this guy to fucking die. Now, in the end, as crazy as it sounds, everything that he's done to himself, he ends up going, or I was saying going, but he ends up passing due to a... uh, a surgical procedure that went a little awry for his hip. He uh, took a bad fall, had to get some hip surgery, some air got in there. That's all that it takes. Right into the heart. Had three heart attacks over the weekend. Couldn't shake it. Shit happens. And it's sad that he's gone. Because, as Sean Waltman put it, you know, he... he He's had those demons for so long. He finally beats him. And he loses his life. So it is it is with a heavy heart that we lose a guy like Scott. It is with an extremely heavy heart. Because he was doing so well. And it's really sad. So one of my earliest memories, obviously, duh... I'm a New York kid, which means I grew up watching the WWF. So obviously, Razor Ramon was a thing for me. Uh, I remember the, the, the big match with Kid, obviously. That's not even my favorite match, though. The match with Kid, the upset match where, where Kid won the match and became, you know, whatever, everything he became. Uh,. That's not even my favorite Razor Ramon 1-2-3 Kid match. The Crybaby match. Still to this day, just top flight hilarity. I love the Crybaby match. And then, of course, you talk about Razor Ramon in those ladder matches. You talk about Razor Ramon in those great matches with Bret the Hitman Hart. So many memories of Razor Ramon. And then off to WCW where he became Scott Hall. And... The Scott Hall era is with mixed feeling. Because he had a lot of great moments at Scott Hall, but that's when the the problems really became evident on camera. And that's not exactly, the, I'm sure, one of his favorite times of his life. So you got your mixed bag. And, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate. But it is what it is. Scott Hall is a... Uh, 
is a legend. It's not even a question. His legacy, what his legacy is, uh, and we're as a fan base, it appears that everyone's happy that he went uh, in such a, a, a you know again. There's no good time to die, but at the same time, like I just mentioned, he beat his demons, so he's going out of baby face on this one. So you got to respect that. That's cool, and uh, you know to his family, condolences, of course. Out to the Hall family. And you just got to wonder to yourself. How close? How close was a guy like Sean? Sean Michaels, of course. How close were some of the people that were around him all those years when he had those demons and he had those issues? How close were they to going out with him? Who knows? But it's one of those, one of those mysteries. So... We're going to end this episode not with my son, but with the traditional 10-bell salute, pay homage, pay tribute to the bad guy. And I'm not going to quote the Hall of Fame line. Everyone else has kind of beat that horse to death. But I will say this. I will say this. There was a video that, um, that, that, that WWE shot. It was a quick. I don't know, six, seven minutes or whatever, but there was a, a section of uh, what it was. It was Shawn Michaels and Scott sitting down talking about their ladder match. And uh, at the end of that video, after they discussed, you know, we did this and we did that and that was cool and we only had one ladder and all that stuff. At the end of it, they had made mention that the reason why they were sitting down talking about the ladder match is because it had been 25 years since that match had happened. And at the end of the video, Scott says, hey, you know, this match is so big, we'll probably be back talking about it again in another 25 years. And uh, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because whether he's dead or alive, I think we should still do it. (laughs) I think in the additional 25 years, we should all look back on a match like that. And I've made my comments about ladder matches, but people miss the point. I'm talking about multi-man ladder matches. I'm sick of seeing all the multi-man because with the multi-man, you don't have the story. You don't have... It's spot, spot, spot. You don't have the storytelling like matches like this one had. You miss that element when there's so many people in the ring doing whatever the fuck it is they feel like doing to themselves. So, we're going to end this pay, We're gonna end this episode here with the 10-bell salute to the bad guy. Wish him and his family well. Next week, my brother and I will reunite again and we will be on the road to WrestleMania. We're going to be talking... All things WrestleMania leading up to yet again our roundtable. Because there's two cards, the roundtable is probably going to get eaten up by pretty much discussing the two cards and whatever special game I want to play. So we will do our WrestleMania memories and we will do our WrestleMania stories again this coming week as we lead up to the big event. So many things to get to, so many WWE things to talk about. And then, of course, after WrestleMania, we... Move on in another direction. Just like we closed the door here in AEW, I'll probably close the door on WWE right after uh, WrestleMania. So until then, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing. And of course, thank you for enjoying. And this salute goes out to the bad guy. Bad guy, Mr. Hall, Ramon. Thank you for everything you've done.